0: Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Today, we begin our new series, Bold. Now, here's Pastor Josh Butcher with this week's message. Um, well, we are kicking off a new series today called Bold. Everybody say bold. Bold. Now, I like that. Now, come on. You got, if you're going to say the word bold, you've got to say it boldly. So, come on, everybody uh, all over the auditorium say bold with some feeling in it. Bold! There we go. We're talking about being bold today. And I want to tell you a story. When I was in sixth grade, has anybody been in sixth grade before? Right. Raise your hand if you've been in sixth grade. Right. It should be pretty much everybody. Um, Anyway, when I was in sixth grade, we had the sixth grade dance. Okay. And my mom uh, made me wear my mom watches, so I'm sorry, mom. Uh, she watches this online, and so I'll go ahead and apologize now. <clears throat> she made me wear this this awful sweater with a, um, a turtleneck. Anybody remember the turtlenecks? Not like the cool mock turtlenecks. I'm talking about the kind that you, if you fold up, it's like over the top of your head, and you got to like roll it down several times. And it was this just this ugly color. <clears throat> anyway, it was the sixth grade dance, so my mom made me wear it. And so um, we're, we're in our gymnasium in my elementary school. And when I was in school, like in elementary school, uh, this was long before, like sixth graders now, they notice each other. And so it wasn't like this at my school. At my school, it was sixth grade at a sixth grade dance. The guys were on one wall and the girls were on the other wall, right? Anybody remember that time period in your life? Um, for me, it was sixth grade. Now, when we went to seventh grade, everything changed. Went to junior high, it was a completely different world. But in elementary school, we uh, was still on completely different sides of the auditorium. And it's a dance, and there's music playing, and nobody's in the middle dancing, okay? And um, I, had a, I, was, I, had a, I had a major crush on this girl named Carolyn Collins. Carolyn, if you're watching, um, sorry. Sorry. <coughs> <laughs> She's probably not watching. It would be surprising. I'll get an email. I saw you. I didn't know you. Anyway. Um, so I had this major crush on this girl in, in sixth grade. Her name was Carolyn. She was, um, she, she took like karate. So not only was she pretty, but she could probably beat me up, right? And so all the guys at one part in the dance, we were in the bathroom. Now, I don't know what girls do in the bathroom, but guys in sixth grade in the bathroom, we're pretty much just throwing water on each other, Okay. If you've ever wondered what do what does sixth graders, guys do in the bathroom, that's pretty much it. We're just, and if we're really mean, it's toilet water, not sink water. Okay? It's completely disgusting. But anyway, we're all in the bathroom, right? And all my friends knew that I had a crush on this girl named Carolyn. And so they're like, they're agging me on. They're like, you're not going to go up and talk to her? I'm like, yes, I am. They're like, no, you're not. I said, yes, I'm going to ask her to dance. Now, I didn't know how to dance. In fact, if I, if I illustrated how everybody danced in my high school, you would laugh me off the stage because it was not dancing. It was swaying with a little bit of rhythm, okay? Um, anyway, so I'm like, I'm going to ask her to dance. And they're like, no, you're not. and I'm like, yes, I am. And They say, I dare you. And I even got to the point where it's like triple dog dare, right? So, I mean, I had to do it. And so I walk out, and all my friends come out of the bathroom with me, and I, I walk out of the bathroom. And I can remember it as clear as day right now. And she's standing there with her friends, and I come walking out of the bathroom, and I see her, and I'm like, I am going to ask that girl to dance. And I don't remember what song was playing, but I walk up to her. Dance is almost, you know, get, it's getting really late. Not late in the night. It's probably like 5 in the, in, the, in the evening, but elementary school, that's late, right? And so I walk up to her, and I'm like, Carolyn, and I'm shaking. My knees are knocking. I'm like, can I have this dance? She looks at me on. I'm not joking at all. She goes, the dance is almost over. (laughs) I hung my head, complete shame, and turned around, right? And I see my friends, and they're laughing at me. They're pointing. "Ah, You got turned down. You got shot down, right? And so something came over me. Something just just rose up inside of me, and I'm halfway turned around, and I turn back, and I look at her in the eyes, and as cool as I could be as a sixth grader, I said, but it's not over yet. <laughs> Can I have this dance? And she said yes. And Carolyn and I, only people on the entire dance floor, we're swaying to some like you know cheesy slow elementary school music. But I asked her to dance, and all my friends are back there, like just about out of the bathroom and looking at me, like mouth completely open, and they're thinking, I have, right, they're thinking. I have never seen anything that bold because I didn't care. I was going to dance with Carolyn. Now, I would tell you about the first time, I, or the the time Hope and I went out after our first date, and I asked her out, and she turned me down, but I won't go into that. Um, Persistence, gentlemen, if if there's any single guys in the room, I see a couple of y'all back there. Persistence pays off. Okay, (laughs) Right. amen. Um, Anyway, so anybody, okay, that's my bold story. That's as good as I got because a lot of times I'm really timid. And it's really awkward for me sometimes to be bold, especially when it comes to talking about Jesus and to talking about church. I know this is really bizarre and really weird to think, and you would, you would say, but you're a pastor. I know, this is the dilemma that I'm in. It's really awkward for me sometimes to invite people to church. Does anybody else experience, let's just kind of strip off our, our um, you know, masks and, and, and pretense and just, if you can admit that, that it's awkward for you to invite somebody to church, would you just raise your hand and join me in that? Yes, it is awkward for me as a pastor to invite somebody to church. And uh, I had this really interesting story, a kind of interesting thing happened to me uh, about, what was it, a little over a week ago. Uh, My father-in-law was in, and it was his birthday, and so we decided to go to Virginia Beach to Waterman's to eat dinner and celebrate his birthday, right? The only reason you go to Waterman's is for a big occasion because ain't nobody forking over that much money for any kind of dinner. If you work at Waterman's, praise God. Anyway, at least nobody, other people are like, I go there all the time. All right, then may I suggest tithing? No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, this is going to be fun. So we're sitting there. I'm going to get an email on that one. We're sitting there, and this this I call him a kid. He's like, you know, probably 19, 20 years old. He comes up to me, and he's our waiter. And he stops, and he looks at me. Real bizarre. Gives me that real weird look. And I'm thinking, weirdo? Um, and he looks at me, and he goes, are you a pastor? I've never seen you before in my life, man. Um, yeah? In Chesapeake? Um, yeah. So now I'm starting to think, okay... Uh, I'm, I'm running through my head, all the faces that I know, but maybe I don't know their name. You've been there, like you see somebody and they're like, I know you. And you're like, hey, bro, how's it going, man? Right? And so that's what I'm doing. I'm thinking, oh my, I've, I've met this guy somewhere and, oh, okay. And so he said, um, he named a church in Chesapeake. And I said, no, no, I don't pastor that church. I pastor a pastor at Vertical Church. And, he, and so he had me confused because there was somebody that looked just like me, had two small kids, and he had just met the week before. He had gone to church with his parents the week before, and he, he met uh, a pastor at a church. And so we began having this conversation. And he said um, that God has just been, just been creating these opportunities all week where he's been running into people or, or people have been talking to him and he really thinks God's trying to get his attention. That's like, nobody, that doesn't happen. You're, it's, the way it's supposed to go is I'm sitting there at the, at the table and I have to strike up the conversation. And I have to say, by the way, uh, have you heard about this guy named Jesus? And I have to say, he's trying to get your There's somebody, here's a situation that presents itself to me And this kid is basically saying, I call him Kid. This kid's basically saying, God's trying to get my attention. Please tell me what to do. It doesn't take a lot of boldness in that situation. It takes just an ounce of boldness. I mean, you don't even have to, it's like half an ounce. Because rare is the opportunity when somebody just comes up to you and says, Please tell me the gospel of Jesus Christ so that I may be saved. This doesn't happen. And so he and I had this long conversation probably on and off while he's back and forth because I don't want to prevent him from doing his job and get him in trouble. But, you know, while, while he's taking the order, I'm just talking to him a little bit. And so I told him, I said, I "Man, it really sounds like God is, is, is trying to get your attention. Here's what I would encourage you to do. I know this is going to sound strange coming from a pastor of the church that you did not attend. But I would encourage you to go back with your mom and dad to that church. God's trying to speak to you, and, and you need to, you know, probably plug in there. You say, how, how are you going to do that, being a pastor of one church, encouraging somebody to go to a different church? Isn't that like, you know, playing for the opposite team uh, or something like that? No, 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 no. We're all on the same team. If, if you ever been wondering about that, we're all on the same team. We're all serving Jesus here. Um, and, and so we're not in competition with anybody except the devil. And so I just told him, I said, man, God is trying to to get your attention. Here's my, here's my card, here's my number, my email address. Dude, if you ever want to just talk and hang out, get together, uh, please call me. Let me encourage you again. Uh, I think God is, is moving on your life and has something very special for your future. And so don't don't run away from it. When, when next time you feel him speaking to you, just simply respond and say, yes, yes. And so I would love to tell you that, you know, uh, Pastor Josh had all this boldness to do that but you know when they bring filet mignon to your table that you didn't order you eat it I mean it's not hard it's not difficult but we're not talking about that cuz that's the rarity that's rare that you don't have to have any boldness at all to share Christ most of the time you have to have a little bit of a, a little bit of a bold streak and so what we're going to do is uh, you and I are going to walk through several passages in the book of Acts over the next few weeks to see if we can't find some boldness. Easter's coming. Easter's four weeks away. It's April the 8th. If you don't have it on your calendar, you need to put it on your calendar. It changes every year. Isn't that the funny thing about Easter? It changes the date. is not the same. So it's really difficult sometimes to remember. So you have a four-week notice. Easter is four weeks away. And if you don't have any plans, you need to be here. And if you don't have any plans to invite a friend or a family member or your whole neighborhood, then you need to make plans. Because Easter has this, uh, lack of a better way to say it, it's just this power that reverberates from the very first Easter that's, that's live and active even in our day. And you say, well, what about every other Sunday? Isn't every other Sunday just as powerful? Didn't Jesus raise from the dead and make every day the Lord's Day. Absolutely, it's true. But in our culture, there's just an awareness when it comes Easter time. You know that statistics say that 82% of people will respond with a yes to a personal invitation to church on Easter from someone that they know. Think about that. 82%. They're just waiting on you to to, to say something, to have some boldness rise up and to say something. So you and I Because like I said, I'm really awkward and I struggle with this too. We're going to look and we're going to try to find some boldness by by reading some passages in the book of Acts. Now, just in case you're not familiar with the book of Acts, it was written by a guy named Luke. Luke is a medical doctor. And Acts is kind of the the first first few years of the movement of the church. Jesus, Jesus ascends into heaven... And Luke takes it upon himself to kind of write the first chapter of the history of the church, what God is doing. And really, if you read the book, it kind of reads like, you know, miracle, 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 persecution, miracle, 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 uh, somebody goes to jail, miracle, miracle, miracle. It's just this crazy list of God doing amazing, incredible things through men and women because they have faith in Jesus Christ and if you're like me you read the book of Acts and you start asking yourself some questions the question that I that I have when I read the book of Acts is I look at my life and I look at our church and I look at the church in America and I start scratching my head I'm thinking gosh it doesn't look like that I don't don't remember the last time that I uh, preached a message and 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus. It's never happened for me. Maybe it's happened for you. But I've never done that. I don't don't remember having experiences like that in the book of of Acts. And so I ask myself, what's the difference between us and them? God's the same. The power of Jesus is the same. Holy Spirit's active in our lives. Surely we should have a chapter in the book that looks much like this. And I think that's a very broad generality because we've seen some amazing things happen in the last couple of months here at our church. I'm going to tell you about those here in just a few minutes. But I think one of the differences is this level of boldness that the men and women in the book of Acts lived with. They live with this expectation, and because of that, they had this amazing boldness. And so I want to work uh, over the next few weeks on this definition of what it means to be bold. And so here's what we're going to say this morning. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. That, that what you believe determines how you behave. Let me give you a few examples. Let's say you're constantly concerned and worried about what people think of you. You have this, this constant thing rolling around in your mind, asking yourself questions about, you know, what do, what do people think about me? What, how's that going to come across? Well, if you have that belief, then your actions, your behavior, is probably going to be very timid. You're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be nervous and, and fearful to... Uh, to speak out because you're always worried about what people think about you. So that belief affects your behavior. If you're always, if you believe that whatever you're going to do, you're ultimately going to fail at, you have this belief that failure is just a part of your life. Then you're going to approach things and behave very cautiously because you don't want to want to step into failure again. And so this this belief affects your behavior. Of course, the opposite is true. If you believe that God is calling you and empowering you and and God is with you, then then you're going to behave very boldly. Behave very boldly. Now, in the passage that we're going to look at this morning, the word bold, the word boldness is the Greek word parasia. Everybody say that fancy nickel, theological, biblical studies word with me. It's parasia. Let's all say that together. Parasia. Okay. If you don't learn anything, you learn that boldness is parasia. All right. What it basically means is this outspoken um, assurance, this, this confident, courageous ability to act without fear, boldness. And so we're going to see today this, this interesting story about the boldness Of of a couple of Jesus' followers. But I want to kind of give you an idea of where we're going over the next few weeks. Because we're trying to build up to Easter. Because I believe that Easter, man, that's the the boldest thing that has happened in all time and space and history. I mean, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, dwelling in flesh, giving his life as a ransom for you and me. That's bold. And so we're going to try to build on that and build up to that. So this week, I'm just going to of try to define bold. Get us all on the same page of what bold looks like. And then next week, we're going to talk about praying bold prayers. What does it look like to pray boldly? To pray with a, a confidence and an assurance that God is going to act on your behalf. A lot of times our prayers quite honestly are just too easy you know the the number one most common prayer uh that people pray is for stuff like traveling mercies or bless this food i mean you feel like god is in heaven going give me something a little bit more difficult a little bit tougher than that i mean come on i parted the red sea you know i can you want me to part your mashed potatoes i don't know what are you asking me for Most of of the prayers that people are praying are about food and driving. And so we're going to talk about praying bold prayers. And because we're going to pray bold prayers, we're not just going to talk about praying bold prayers. But over the last couple of months, we've seen God just healing people. Just amazing. Like, just not out of the blue, but I mean, it's part of what you kind of anticipate when you read the Bible, like God moves and acts and is powerful, and then it happens, and you're like, whoa, God did that. I mean, we had, we've had people go to the doctor, they get scanned, they've got an aneurysm in their brain, they come, we lay hands on them, pray for them, they go back, and the, and the nurses and doctors are going, we don't really know what to tell you, but there's nothing there. Amen. And so, yeah we got people with like heart issues getting prayer and having a week full of energy and life and vitality. we got people with, with babies in the belly getting prayed for uh, and, and the baby has like some, something on the scan just isn't right. And then they go back and nothing's there. And, and so there's this, we're just trying to get on the same page with God and God's saying pray boldly. So we're not only going to talk about praying boldly, but we're going to pray boldly. And so next week, after we talk about praying boldly, we're going to have a special healing service. We're going to have a time for healing prayer. Do Well, You say, don't we do that every week? Sure, we do that every week. But I'm telling you in advance, if you have a friend or a relative or a family member or a neighbor that needs to experience the healing power of God, then you need to bring them here. And you say, why do they need to come? Because we're going to pray bold prayers over their life because we believe that God is going to do the miraculous so that His name will be glorified. It's not about, here's the catch about praying bold prayers. It's not, you don't pray bold prayers to get what you want. You pray bold prayers so that God gets the glory. Time and time again in the New Testament, it talks about signs and wonders following those who believe as testimony and bearing witness to the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. That that power is real and that he has victory over death and darkness and evil and the devil and all that. And so we believe in healing so that God gets the glory so that his name and fame is spread over the earth so that people see that and recognize that God is God. So we're going to pray like that. We're going to pray boldly over people next week. And so you want to be here. And if you've got something ailing you emotionally, physically, spiritually, then we're going to lay hands on you and believe the impossible is going to happen. The next week we're going to talk about bold words. Time and time again in the book of Acts, they talk about speaking the word of God boldly. And so we're going to do that. And we're going to challenge you not to be afraid to speak the name of Jesus. In fact, that week on March 25th, I know you're getting like, is this announcement time? Sort of. Um, I'm just letting you know where we're going. We're going to kick off a, an initiative. We're calling it the 714 Initiative. You're like, What is the 714 Initiative? Well, in Second Chronicles 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 14, Scripture says that if God's speaking, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Okay? So here's the crazy idea that we had. We thought, now, <clears throat> here's the promise that God made, that if that if, we would, uh, if we would reach out and seek God and pray and seek His face and turn from our, our wicked ways and, and, and sin and, and reach out to Him, that then He would forgive us and heal us. So what if we, what if we took a week and we prayed? We sought God for seven days. and and pleaded with God to to save our lost loved ones, to save our friends, to to bring redemption and salvation to our neighbors. And we just just sought God for seven days. And then we followed that up the next week by kicking off seven days of service. What if we did seven days of prayer and fasting followed by seven days of service? You're going to love this, okay? We have two weeks of seven which equals 14. 7:14 from 2nd Chronicles 7:14. How cool is that? <laughs> if we broadcast this on TBN, I could sell a million books. <laughs> okay. That's good. 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. 2 weeks of 7 equals 14 days. You all are following me? Books will be on sale next week. Um, <clears throat> we're calling it Prayer Week and Passion Week. Prayer Week, we're going to pray and ask God and plead with God to see salvation spring up from the ground like waters and springs around our area. And then we're going to have a week where we, where we uh, follow the example of Jesus in the passion and serve other people. We've got a lot of exciting things and ways for you to plug into that, which I'm not going to go over right now. Um, and then on April 1st, April Fool's Day... I don't have anybody back there to hit that. Um, we're going to talk about bold faith. Men and women who are willing to obey God, regardless of whether it means being persecuted or killed, but bold faith. So that's where we're going. Everybody say bold. bold. Everybody say bold. bold. Open your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 4. Now that we got all of the announcements out of the way and you took notes on days that we're doing, we're going to probably recap all that maybe at the end. Um, But I want to talk to you today about amazing boldness. And who better to look at amazing boldness than Peter? Because Peter has this, this personality that's characterized by bold intentions, but timid actions. You read through the gospel, Peter is often the one to blurt out the first word. or He's the one, the night night Jesus gets arrested to say, I'll never betray you. I would never turn my back on you. I would go with you. I would even die with you. And then just a couple hours later, he turns his back on Jesus, denies Christ, can't stand up to a little schoolgirl when she comes questioning him about it. So he's got these bold intentions, but when it's time for action, he's kind of timid. And then something changes. Something changes in Peter's life. Peter has this encounter not only with Jesus at the end of the Gospel of John where Jesus looks at his face and says, Do you love me? And Peter says, Yes. But Peter has also this experience, this encounter with God with the other disciples in Acts chapter 2. And immediately after that, this guy who had bold intentions but timid actions gets up and preaches a message and people are coming out of the woodwork to accept Christ. 3,000 people, Scripture says, get saved. And it wasn't a pleasant message. I mean, He basically looked at him and said, You're corrupt and evil and you need to repent and be baptized. And people are like, Yay! And they come running, give their life to Christ. Peter and John are walking into the temple in Acts chapter 3, and there's a guy who's lame, not like, you know, boring. For those of you who are like 25 and under, lame does not mean boring in this case. It means he was crippled. Uh, So there's this guy laying crippled outside the gate, and Peter and John are like, what are you doing there? And he's like, I'm begging for money. And they're like, well, we don't have money, but we just had an experience with Jesus. And because we had an experience with Jesus, we're going to pray a bold prayer over your life. They pray for him, raise him up. The guy's healed. And he goes running. And would you imagine this, that, that action, that, that instance where the grace and power of God was experienced led to a little bit of controversy. Because Peter and John get called to the principal's office. The temple guards and the, the Sadducees arrest Peter and John and they bring them before the Sanhedrin. Basically, Sanhedrin, is basically all, the, all the religious leaders and the religious elite form this, uh, gather in this circle around Peter and John and they're just hurling questions and, and making demands and, and making threats all at once and, and it's really just in t- designed to intimidate you and make you fearful and lose all like mental capacity. And so Peter and John are standing there, and the Sanhedrin's around them, yelling and and questioning them. And then they ask this question By what authority do you do these things? And in Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 8, here's Peter's response Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders, Of our people. Are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Like, really? Is that why you've brought us here? Because this guy who'd been laying lame for 40 years is up walking around? Is that what you've is that what this whole scene is about? That this guy who is crippled, we did a good deed for him. Then he asks him, Do you want to know how he was healed? And then just in case they had any doubt or any question what had happened, he says in verse 10, Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. And then just to kind of take the dagger and stick it in a little deeper and twist it, he says this, The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. So he, so he says not only was he healed by this powerful name of Jesus Christ, but that's the same guy that you killed. But God saw fit to raise him from the grave, which in that circle with people like the Sadducees who had this fundamental belief that resurrection was impossible, that God would not ever do that. This was part of their doctrine, part of their belief system. That's like a declaration of war. What are you saying? God would never raise somebody from the dead. How dare you curse the name of God by by making him, saying that he would do something like that. That level of boldness cannot be overstated. That is a bold action by Peter to declare that this guy was healed by Jesus, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead. You know, because back in Peter's day, if you mentioned the name of Jesus, it brought a lot of controversy. Thank goodness we're past that point. You ever notice that? I mean, you can get on national TV and give praise to God. You say, thank, I just want to thank God for uh, the, the ability to play basketball. And that's fine. Nobody's like, oh, it's so sweet. You can get on Oprah and talk about belief in a higher power and the spirit world and people are like, oh, that's great. But you let somebody declare the name of Jesus and immediately there's controversy. Isn't that the whole thing with Tim Tebow back in the, back in the football season? Isn't that the whole thing with Jeremy Lynn right now? Isn't that why it's controversial? Not because they're talking about God, but because they're naming who God is. And when as soon as you do that, as soon as you declare that Jesus is God, that means everything else that people worship is not God. So that's controversial. And people don't like that. And so you can imagine the tension around Peter in the Sanhedrin begins to build because he's declaring, here is who God is. Jesus Christ. Jump down to verse 13. Listen to how they responded to the words of Peter and John. And here's where we're going to camp out for the next 15 minutes. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. This morning I want to share three things about being bold. If you want to call them three bold facts, you can call them three bold facts. If you want to call them three bold declarations, you can call them whatever you want. But I want to share three things about boldness. The first one is that God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Now, it says here that they could see that Peter and John were ordinary men. Now, I don't expect you to know the Greek language, so I'm going to clue you in on the phrase ordinary men. It's this word called idiotase. And if you get to the kind of main idea of the word, it's unlearned, unschooled, ordinary. But the reality of it is when translators come across that word, they're much too kind. They're much too nice. Because really, that word is the root word that we come up with with the word idiot. Idiotase, I-D-I-O-T, however else you want to spell it when you're just doing English vernacular, okay? Completely different alphabet, all right? Completely different alphabet. In other words, what Luke says that these guys were amazed by, they were amazed that a a couple of idiots could do this. Now, here's the truth. If you Graduated top of the class and, and, and you've always kind of excelled at everything that you've done and, and, and nothing has ever really held you back. There's hope for you. God can still use you. It just seems like God prefers to use a bunch of idiots. God has this, this inclination to use ordinary people. Use ordinary people, not... Not preachers or mature Christians. You don't have to be seasoned. You don't have to be, you don't have to have some declaration on your wall that some certificate that gives you the right to talk about Jesus, to to pray for people. No. You can be a stay-at-home mom. You can be a student. You can be a regular guy who works at a dirty job. Because there's all kinds of different ways to be bold. You can be bold as a nurse, you can be bold as a doctor, you can be bold as a mechanic, you can be bold as a a, a, a person who mows the grass, you can be bold as a student. There's all kinds of different ways to be bold. You You can be bold and declare that you're not going to look like everybody else in the world, so you're going to dress in such a way that clothes, you know, at least... 75% of your body. You can decide that you're going to be bold and you're going to, you know, make it a habit to read your Bible. You can be bold in a business deal. You've got this opportunity that's very lucrative in front of you. You can make a lot of money, but then you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you and saying, don't do it. So you can back out. Say, I'm not going to do that. I don't feel like... Jesus is leading me away from this deal, so I'm gonna I'm gonna back away. That's boldness. That's boldness. You can decide. You can decide not to go uh, to that movie. You can decide not to go to that that hangout spot. You can decide to to speak when others are silent. You can decide to befriend the person who's sitting beside themselves in the cafeteria. That's boldness. You can decide to give generously and live off of 90% of your income and give away 10% to the building of God's kingdom. That's boldness. That's a declaration of living boldly. And when you decide to live boldly, then the second thing is, is that your boldness will amaze the world. Can I be honest with you this week as I've been reading through this and just typing out my thoughts? This one, this one hit me right, right in the heart, man. This is the, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And I thought, why were they amazed? Why were they amazed? I kind of thought, the, these guys had Peter and John's life in their very hands. They had the power to kill them. And Peter, they're like, we could kill them and they don't care. We have the power over them right now to silence them, to torture them, to kill them. And they don't care. So they're amazed. And so as I'm reading this and I'm searching my own heart, I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh God, when is the last time someone was amazed by my boldness? Oh, God, when is the last time someone looked at me and said, that boldness is amazing? And so I started thinking, if I had to put myself on a scale from 1 to 10, and I had to ask myself, how amazed are people by my boldness? Where would I fit? Matter of fact, we've got a scale from 1 to 10, and I want to ask you that question. If we put your boldness on the scale from one to ten, how amazed would people be? One being, you haven't been bold in decades. Ten being people are leaping up and down declaring your boldness. Where would you fall? And the only reason I can ask you that question is because I've been asking myself that same question all week. I wouldn't ask you something that I'm not already chewing on. How amazed are people by your boldness? Here's the truth. Some of you in this room are an 8 or a 9. I mean, you give generously and sacrificially. You serve week in and week out. You live with integrity. Some of you are an 8 or a 9. And it's awesome. But let me tell you, if you feel like you're a 1 or a 2 or a 3, let me tell you, there's hope for you. Because... You have incredible upside. I'm a football guy. And here in just a few weeks, they're going to have the NFL draft. And you've got the first few picks where people are like, oh, they're a shoe-in. They're a star. Go ahead and sign them to a contract that lasts forever. Okay, they're just going to be that good. But then there are other people, okay, and you hear them talking about him. They're like, well, you know, he's not that good right now, but he's got incredible potential. He's got huge upside. And so what I would tell you right now, if you're a one, a two, a three, you know, your boldness might not be very amazing right now, but you've got huge potential. You've got ten potential. You've got ten upside. You've got the ability to reach and, and go beyond the spectrum. Because here's the third thing. Spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. Knowing Christ. Did did you catch the last line that we read together? They were amazed by their boldness and they recognized that these ordinary idiots had been with Jesus. Had been with Jesus. Because here's the reality. The, The goal is not boldness. Boldness is not the goal. The goal is knowing jesus boldness is a byproduct the more time you spend with jesus the more faith you have in jesus the more faith you have in jesus it leads you to have more boldness in his ability and as you have more boldness you begin to see results of your boldness which then if you're if you're honest and true the results lead you to spend more time with jesus because you see Jesus do something and you've got to go and give him thanks and praise and so you're going to spend more time with him and then your faith is going to grow more and you're bold it's just a, it's a cycle that keeps on building but it all begins with spending time with Jesus but the exact opposite is true if you neglect time with Jesus your faith begins to waver your boldness goes down You don't really see anything happening in your life, which then leads you to spend less time with Jesus. And so if you got, you look at the scale and you're a one or a two or a three, really if you're anywhere under a nine, you've got upside. You've got unrealized potential. Because time with Jesus builds your faith, which leads to boldness and you begin to see spiritual results. So if you're one or two, you have huge upside. So here's what I'm praying over you. I'm praying that God would stir your heart. I'm praying that God would show you that you're here for a purpose. Because I refuse to live half-hearted Christian life. And I don't want to be part of a half-hearted church. I want to be I just want to be the real deal. I just want to fall so in love with Jesus that it's overflowing and and spiritual boldness is just seeping out because I'm spending so much time with Jesus. I mean, if Jesus really died for us, and if Jesus really is the only way to be reconciled to God, and if the tomb really is Empty, And if He has commanded us to tell others and the Holy Spirit has filled us and His Word is promised not to return void when we declare it and speak it, then today we must embrace boldness, we must embrace passion, we must embrace our purpose. Our call is not to back down, but to step up. To step up with boldness, not to sit still, but to shout out loud. Not to play defense, but to run up the score on the enemy. Jesus is alive. You and I, we're on the winning team. The the game's not over, but the game's already been decided. We just get to run up the score now. We can sit on the sideline, or we can jump on the field, With boldness. So here's what I want to do. Everybody, all over the auditorium, you say, Pastor Josh, I'm somewhere below a nine. I'm somewhere below a nine. And I need more boldness. I need more boldness. I need more boldness. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. While people are looking around, everybody's watching. You say, Pastor Josh, I'm somewhere below a nine, and I need more boldness. Would you just slip your hand up? Just slip your hand up. Say, I need more boldness. I need more boldness. I need more boldness. I need more boldness. If you've got your hand raised, would you just go ahead and stand? That's cool. I need more boldness. Go ahead and stand. I need more boldness. I need more boldness. Well, now how about that that's most everybody in the auditorium. now I believe when we pray God hears us and when we pray for stuff like give me boldness God's like okay so the question is not will he do what we're about to ask him to do I think that's easy God's like great amen let it be so Question's going to be for you and I are we willing to take action are we willing to spend time with Jesus let our faith in Jesus increase so that boldness increases you know what I would like to see on Easter Sunday I would like our church to double in one day now that's not that's not even on biblical proportions I mean I can't do the math real fast but some of you have been math teachers you could probably do it what is what is the the uptick when you go from just a, a little over 100 to 3000 I'm not really sure what the percentage leap is but doubling is certainly way below that that's what I want to see happen this is my prayer I've been praying it now for several weeks and I want you to join me in praying that you say what if it doesn't happen well Spent four weeks praying that God would save people. It's going to be all right. But here's the thing: I can't do this by myself. You know a lot more people than I do. Most of my time is spent with church people. People they're already convinced. So if we're going to see something like that happen, if we're going to see something on the on the scale of the Book of Acts happen, you got to participate. We've got four weeks. We're going to spend time praying bold prayers. We're going to spend time speaking bold words, living bold actions, doing bold service. We all got to do it together. So we're here for a purpose and that purpose is to glorify Jesus. So let's pray together. Lord when I'm wrong. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.